Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Today's kind of a cool day. We're starting a new series. It's entitled Grow. I'm excited to kick it off today. And then the bishop, Pastor Mike, will be running the rest of the race for us and, and preaching the next three Sundays on this topic of grow. But if you're following on the app where there's fantastic notes there, you can look on the app or you're taking notes. The title of this sermon is God's Desire for My Life. God's Desire for My Life. You know, I, I'm the type of person, I do not mind asking God for things. Am I talking to anybody here at Highland or Denham or Ascension? Like, you just don't mind asking the Lord for things. I don't mind. I, 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 I believe that verse that says you have not. because you have, Okay, I like this service. You have not because you ask not. So I ask God for big things. I ask God for small things, medium-sized things. If I'm worried about something, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, I need you to take this. I need you to handle this. Even just yesterday, I, I didn't even think about this during worship. We're talking about I witnessed it. Even yesterday, uh, the Lord, he, there was a breakthrough in my life yesterday. Something happened. We've been praying for it. And when it happened, I hit my knees and just said, thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you you hear our prayers. Thank you you answer us. And I love praying for people. I, I'm telling you, one of my most favorite things, and I'm so thankful for our prayer partners at all of our campuses and our staff and pastors, but I love praying over people. And not because I'm some super spiritual human, but I just love standing in the gap with people, asking God to move. Lord, your hand is big. You're, you're able to do all things. Quoting the great theologian who's among us, Derek Foster, God's hand ain't short, everybody. He always says that to me. I've been, I'm worried about praying busy. He said, God ain't short. It ain't short. Turn to your neighbor and say, it ain't short. God say it ain't short. I love praying for people. In fact, when I turned 40 this, this past year, I know you thought I was 30. When I turned, <laughs> when I turned 40, I journaled. So I, I love journaling. I just write things down. And I, I wrote down, I said, Lord, I've lived 40 years. I'm believing for 40 more. Amen. Be your will. And I wrote down 40 requests of the Lord. <laughs> 40, I'm telling you, you think, oh, man. you get to around 30, you got to get creative, you know what I mean? Because you're not, you're not praying for rainbows and butterflies. I mean, you, you really got to ask for some things. So, I, but I, I don't mind that. I, I love asking God to move. But a great question maybe for us to ask is, God, what's your desire for my life? There's nothing wrong with asking God for things. But Lord, what is it you want from me? What is it you have for me? I don't know about you, I wanna be on his path and not my path. God's desire for my life. And I love that the Bible is clear, it's not ambiguous, it's not trying to trick us and keep this big question mark, oh, what does God want? And I'm not talking about what you do for a living, I'm not talking about your profession or where you're gonna go to school, I'm talking about who he's called you to be, what he wants you to do as far as in the kingdom of God. I love that God is clear about it. The other day was my wife's birthday. She turned, I'm not gonna say it, almost said it. Ooh. <laughs> She's a little older than me, and I remind her, and she says, you know what, I'm gonna raise you like I like you. 
she does. So she's told me all these years. She's just barely older. This is only a few days. Um, I'm in trouble already. I asked her, I said, Bethany, what do you want to do for your birthday? And just like, boom. She said, I want to go to lunch with you. I said, well, don't blame you. I said, and I said, well, what do you want to do that night? What do you want to do? She goes, I want to go out to eat with all the family. She said the restaurant she wanted to go to. I love that she just told me exactly what she wanted. Can I get a good amen from the men in the house? <laughs> amen. Thank you, baby. I love that God is clear about his desires for you and his desires for me. Psalm chapter one, one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible this is what it says. The psalmist says this, one through three. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Watch the progression here of action words, walks. Nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornfuls. You see that there's this progression of getting comfortable with sin. Walking, and standing in it, and then sitting in it. Verse two, this is good news. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. You say, what's the law of the Lord? That's the word of God. That's the focus of this person. It says, in his law, he meditates day and night that his mind is fixed on it. You ever get hungry sometimes? You just get fixed on what you wanna eat that day? You say, oh, I'm gonna tear up this food. I'm gonna get some pizza tonight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat some crawfish today. You get fixated on it. It's fixed on God's word. It says this, verse three, this is a picture of God and what he wants for us. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And watch this, and whatever he does shall prosper. Can I get a good amen for the reading of God's word? There's gonna be a picture behind me in a minute. I'm a visual learner. I, I like seeing things. I'll hear somebody say something or explain something, but when I see it, it just comes life to me. And we got a big old tree right here, everybody. Y'all see that tree? Okay, good. This tree is, is a strong tree. It's grounded. It's by good resources and soil and water. The Bible talks about that the tree of our life will represent what God wants us to look like, what he wants us to be like, is that we'll bear fruit. How many believe that's a pretty good idea? Galatians chapter five said the fruit of the spirit is what we should be bearing. Love, joy, peace, patience, and the list goes on and on that, that we look like Jesus. And it says about this tree too that its leaf never withers. I like that because it doesn't matter what season of life this tree's in, if it's in the summer, if it's in the fall, the spring, or the winter, that this tree is going to have life in it. And isn't that what Jesus says? I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. This is a picture of what God wants for your life, what he desires for your life. It's not a picture of a little scrawny tree, just barely making it tree. I planted a tree. Oh, man. About two years ago, live oak in my yard. It looks so pitiful right now. There's a live oak across the street. I know that tree's just talking trash to my tree. 
Look at you little scrawny tree over there. Like your owner, you just scrawny. But you know what? I'm not cutting that tree down. I'm watering that tree. I called Jeff Lejeune and I said, Jeff, help me. He's a landscaping master. He says, put this fertilizer on that tree. One day, that little tree is gonna be a big tree. So I've come to tell you today that some of you feel like a little scrawny tree today. But one day, as you keep pursuing Jesus, you keep walking with the godly, you keep reading your word. Come on, somebody help me out in here today. You keep pressing into the spirit and prayer, you're gonna be like a mighty tree. I love what Paul says. Paul says this in Romans chapter eight, verse 29. For God foreknew his people in advance. Other translation says, for he foreknew them. And he chose them, listen to this, to be like his son. There's no mystery of what God wants for your life and what he wants for my life. He doesn't just save us to have us sit. He saves us so that we'll be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. That we look different than the world. That we talk different from the world. That we behave different than the world. That there is life on the inside of us. There's power on the inside of us. There's strength on the inside of us. There's some pep in your step, if you know what I'm talking about. I think some in the raised seating are not really with me right now. They'll get there in a minute. God wants us to be mighty in him. But here's the problem. I'm gonna tell you the problem. Sometimes it happens in my life. Sometimes maybe you can relate to this, it can happen in your life. Instead of growing consistently, little by little, the pace that God has graced you and as you're walking through the things of the Spirit, Instead, a lot of believers are on what I call the spiritual roller coaster. Oh, it's good. I like roller coasters. I like riding roller coasters. We went to this roller coaster park in Ohio. I'm telling you, I'm not scared of roller coasters, but I was scared of these roller coasters. This is like the mecca of roller coasters. You see these things, I'm telling you, you get your life right before God. What do you mean people are on a spiritual roller coaster? This is what I mean. People will be all fired up about Jesus. Oh, I'm going up. The glory's falling. It'll be a season of being fired up. Man, I'm coming to church. I've been going three months in a row. Perfect attendance. My one-year Bible, I am dominating. I am doing awesome. And then all of a sudden, life starts to hit and we start to go down, don't we? Oh, somebody says something I don't like. I get a little offense in me. I get a little bitterness in me. Get a little un unforgiveness in me. I start just stewing on that instead of stewing on his word. And we start going up and going down. Going up, going down. And what they do? And they go all around, right, everybody? All around. God says, hey, get off the roller coaster. Can I, can I say this to you? Listen, I've been on the roller coaster before. I, who knows? I might be back on it next month. I pray I'm not. But you don't have to live on the roller coaster. You can live on a path that God says, you're moving from glory to glory. Now, let me be careful to say this because this is really important. This concept of grow, the definition that we have down is a lifelong process of becoming more like Jesus. When we talk through this series, Pastor Mike takes us through the series, this is what we're after, to become more and more like Jesus. And every single week is gonna be fantastic. Don't miss it. But when we talk about this, this is very important. I want to make sure everybody hears this. 
We are not growing in attempts to earn God's approval, to earn salvation, to earn forgiveness, to earn acceptance. No, my friend, we are growing because we have his acceptance, because we have his grace, because we have received his mercy, because we've been cleansed. I'm not growing for salvation. I'm growing from salvation. The Bible says no man can be saved based upon their own good works. There's nothing you can do or I can do that's gonna get God's attention and say, my goodness, look at David. He is spectacular. I guess I'll save him now. No, 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 no. He meets me where I am and he meets you where you are. I love what Paul says. This is great. This verse for years used to mess me up because I just got confused by it. Philippians chapter two, verse 12. That's what it says. Therefore, my beloved, he says, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Paul's saying you were obedient when I was with you and you were obedient even when I wasn't with you. He says this, he says, work out. Somebody say work out. <laughs> work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I used to read that and scratch my head and think, uh-oh, I gotta work out my own salvation. Notice it doesn't say work for your salvation. I'm working from the place of salvation. But some of us, listen to me, we need to get to work. I don't know if you like that, but it's still good preaching. Some of us need to get serious about our walk with Jesus. This isn't condemning. This is not shaming. This is not casting stones by any means, but the Spirit of God will start to move in your life and say, hey, wake up. It's time to get going because God has incredible things for your life. But you gotta know this. There are enemies of growth. There are enemies that do not want you and do not want me to grow spiritually, to look like that tree, to be conformed to the image of Christ, to bear fruit that our leaf won't won't wither. There are enemies that don't want this. I'm gonna give you just a few of them. Y'all with me today? Y'all with me? First one is this. Enemy numero uno, our flesh. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Our flesh is an enemy. You say, what do you mean by that? That inner man on the inside of you that looks a little too much like Adam will come and talk to you and say, hey, don't do things God's way. Do things your own way. How many of y'all know what that voice I'm talking about right now? How many of you have heard that voice just recently talk to you? And that voice will come and talk to us and always try to steer us away. You've got to know this about you. Your flesh is weak. You say, I don't know if I believe that. Well, I'm gonna show you. This is what Jesus says. Maybe you'll believe him. If I could find it, I'll show you. There we go, found you. Watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing. In other words, the spirit's strong. But the flesh, oh boy, is weak. You gotta say it like that, it's weak. Watch out for your flesh. 
Paul says it this way, Galatians chapter five, verse 17. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. Listen, they never get along. You know people who like, they never get along. Like one person likes this food, the other person likes this food. They'll say, hey, it's, it's, it's a beautiful day. No, it's a terrible day. The flesh and the spirit never get along so that you are not to do, watch, whatever you want. Tug of war. Tug of war right here. Spirit's leading you this way. Be conformed to the image of Christ. Next week, Pastor Mike will talk about walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, it's gonna be awesome. Spirit's saying, hey, go this way. Flesh pulling on you, say, uh-uh-uh, go this way. Which one are you feeding? I heard somebody say once, I thought it was good. They said, starve the flesh, but feed the spirit. Hear me? This is not easy. We do a disservice when we act like being a follower of Christ is easy. Is it rewarding? Is it fulfilling? Is it the only place you're gonna find satisfaction and hope and joy and peace? Absolutely. But is it easy to crucify your flesh? Is it easy to do good to those who do wrong to you? Is it easy, as Jesus says, to love your enemy? Is it easy not to put any vile thing in front of your eye? You see, our flesh would say, hey, it's your life. Do what you wanna do. And what we start doing is we start editing the pages from this Bible. And what ends up happening is we become God in our own life. And Lord, I, I don't really like this about you, and so I'm just gonna take it out. Guess who's doing the talking? The flesh is doing the talking. The Spirit says, hey, this might be a narrow road, but this road is the only road I've had you to travel on and to go on, to be on. And this road is the only road that leads to life. Wide is the road. Wide is the gate to reach the destruction. And sure, in the moment, satisfying the flesh can feel good, everybody. But it won't last you long. How many of y'all, you've been there and tried that? Being a follower, being faithful is not easy. I've seen these advertisements. I've seen them all my life, but recently this one's just been cracking me up. It's this ab belt, ab, okay? I say, hey, buy this ab belt. Put it on. 30 minutes a day, 30 days, and you will have a six-pack. I just give you a little heads up. Don't buy the ab belt. You might have a six pack, but it's, it's somewhere, somewhere down there, you know what I mean? You gotta eat healthy. They like show the person sitting down. They just sit, just eating popcorn, just loving life. Working on my six pack, what you doing? I'm just eating popcorn and ice cream, working on a six pack. It doesn't work that way. If it doesn't work that way in the physical, I promise you it doesn't work that way in the spiritual. And God wants to do something rich in you. First thing is your flesh. Second thing is this, procrastination. Oh, man, y'all like that. Procrastination. It's this thought. God, I'm gonna get serious about you when. I talk to young people sometimes in high school. Yeah, I, I love God, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna really dive in later on in life. 
When I, when I graduate college, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some fun in college. I'm gonna do my thing in college and, and then I'm gonna dive in or I'm gonna dive in when I get married or when I have kids. And you know what we end up doing? We keep hitting the spiritual snooze bar in our life. Just snooze. Here's another day, snooze. I, and you know what, the year's a quarter of the way through. I'll start in 2024. Can I tell you, my friend, the day of growth is today. The spirit of salvation, the spirit of sanctification is happening now. And we work in partnership with the Holy Ghost. See, growth is my responsibility. Jesus does certain things only he can do. He cleanses, he saves, he forgives, he justifies, and one day he will glorify me. But when it comes to spiritual growth, I am responsible for it. The Spirit of God working with me. I got a great workout partner. It's called the Holy Ghost. He works with me, but it is my responsibility to be hungry for God, to crave God's presence. I love what Paul says. He says this in 1 Corinthians, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, this is so funny, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. He said, I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world, as though you were infants in Christ. Okay, hold it right there. He couldn't even talk to them normal. This is the church. He said, I came to see you, and I, I, I had baby talk going. I have a three-year-old. His name's Samuel. Sometimes I will say things that come out of my mouth. I think no grown man should ever say that. I'll say, hey, buddy, you need to potty? I never say potty. Is your tummy hurting? I'll start talking this baby talk. Paul's saying, listen, when I was with you, I had to talk to you as if you weren't even saved. And he goes on and says this. Pull it back on the screen. He goes on and says this. You are on milk but you should be on solid foods by now. Listen to me. Paul would not be popular in today's culture. Talk about being canceled. This guy, they, they didn't like him then, and people wouldn't like him now. You know why? Even people in the church don't like this, because we got the sippy cup up to our lips. Instead of eating the meat of God's word, oh, he's stepping on some toes today. Hey, listen, listen to me. I'm not preaching at you either. God's been smoking me in my own life too. But I say, God, I want more of your conviction. I don't want comfort and convenience. I don't want to just mold to this world. I don't want to be transformed by your power. It's time to put the milk away. Get you some meat. We're eating yogurt. Put a little honey in it, think we're doing good. And God's saying, hey, Texas Day Brazil is available for you. Some of y'all making reservations right now. Paul's saying, listen, it's time to grow up. Now, now hear me. Believers who've been saved for a long time, you don't serve an infant a T-bone. We got over 100 plus people getting baptized today at our campuses. Some of them are, are, are newly saved. We don't go, hey, well, you gotta be doing all this. You gotta have all this right. God has started the work in them. Just like I don't expect you know, a, a little baby, hey, get out there and run. It's not even crawling yet. There is a progression to this thing and God is doing the work. Be patient, listen to me. Be patient and gracious with people. Hear me, be gracious to yourself. 
Because the final enemy that I'm gonna talk to you about is this, is shame. And as I was preparing this this week, this one hit me hard because I believe a lot of people find themselves in this boat. Shame will always cause you to look backwards instead of moving forwards. And you know who's a master at shaming you? The enemy, the devil. It ain't God. Somebody say, that ain't God. I'm telling you, you feel shame on your life? It ain't the Lord. God says, it's my kindness that leads to repentance. It's my grace that draws you in. It's my conviction that turns your heart. It's not shame. Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He doesn't use shame to try to get our attention. Shame is repellent in your life. And some of you are walking and you're thinking, man, I, I, can't, I can't worship God. I can't honor God because the enemy's talking so much about your past and what you've done in previous days, or maybe even what you did yesterday. I'm thankful that people who messed up royally yesterday came through those doors and came to those campuses today. Come on, you can clap your hands if you believe it. Because shame will keep you away from God's house. Shame will keep you away from raising your hands in worship. Shame will keep you away from a small group and accountability. Shame will keep you out of those altars. You say, man, I'm not worthy that he come up front. None of us are worthy. It's the grace of God that has saved us and delivered us and heals us and sets us free. His resurrection power lives inside of you. Don't let shame keep you looking backwards and backwards and backwards. My wife, when she drives, she's a great driver. And she, I asked for permission for this. But when she drives, she's not great at merging in traffic. She gets, I mean, she, it looks like she's getting ready to kill that steering wheel. Going 70 on the interstate. And this is what happens. I asked permission. This is what happens. She grabs that thing. And I'm sitting next to her, and I'm thinking, oh, we got to get off this exit. Woo, coming, coming soon, baby. And I say, hey, you got to get over, babe. And she does this. She grabs that thing. And then she goes, Do you not? She does. Mirrors, I don't even think she has them. Just, whew, whew. and every time she does that, she slows down the car. And the passing lane just, shoo, 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 and she can't get over. You will never progress in your faith if you're always looking backwards. You tell the enemy he is a liar, he is a deceiver, he is lost, he is bound for darkness, and your life is bound to look like Jesus. Come on, can you give him praise in here today? Can somebody give him praise? Come on. I'm gonna close with this. I'm gonna close with this. So how do I grow? How do I grow? Just one application. This won't be long. Pastor Mike will give you all the rest. How do I grow? One thing. How do I look like that tree we looked at earlier? One thing. Be planted. Be planted. Stay grounded and connected to the source. Christianity is not about religious duties. When we talk about reading our Bible and praying, it's not about religious duties, just checking this off my list and now maybe I'll grow. 
We grow because we're connected to him. I pray because I want a relationship with him. It's not just, oh, God up there. No, 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 no. You are up there, but you're also right here with me. He's walking with me. He's talking to me. He's showing me revelation and truth. He's, he's convicting my spirit. He's encouraging me along the way. But some of us, we need to make a decision. I had this picture in my mind this week. We need to make a decision. This side represents God. This side represents us. Some of us have been doing things our way. Hear me, you, you might very well be saved. You might very well have put your faith and hope in Jesus. But you've been doing things your way. I've been here before. Just following the things of the world or the flesh. Maybe shame has pulled you over this side. Maybe... Maybe some of you, things that have been done to you that was not even your fault, keep talking to you. And the enemy has used it to pull you over. But this side represents the fullness of God, represents being connected and grounded and planted in Him. I was talking to a guy recently. He said for years, He'd be doing his way, and then he'd do God's way a little bit. And he'd go back to do his way, and he'd get even further from God's way. And then he came back, and he'd look at the other side. Maybe he'd straddle the line a little bit. Maybe jump over and jump back. This is what he said. He said, this past summer, I was in a service very much like this. He said, I don't even know what happened. He said, God was speaking to me through the message and through worship. He said, I literally found myself up front at the altar. He said, that day, I said, God, I am all in with you. He told me this. He said, my life has not been the same since. Can I tell you something? Jesus works. The world, oh, please hear me. The world doesn't work. The world is a faulty foundation and a faulty system. That's why God's gonna create a new one. Jesus works all the time. Sometimes people say, well, I tried Jesus and it didn't work. Something was wrong on your end. His end always satisfies. I'm talking to the man in here who you know that the Holy Ghost is speaking to you right now. And he's saying, come over to the side that's full of life. I'm talking to the woman in here. You've been going back and forth and trying to find satisfaction in other places. And God is saying there's only one place. There's only one side that will satisfy your soul, that will quench the thirst that you have. This side might have a mirage of satisfaction. But that's what it is, it's a mirage. You see it, oh, that looks good. You start going over to it, and then you see it, and you're like, man, I ain't say nothing. But this side, no mirage over here. This is fullness of life. 
This is hope. This is power. This is healing. This is satisfaction. This is contentment because this side is Jesus. I'm just at the point in my life, man, all I want to do is just preach Jesus because the one who died, the one who was buried, he's alive and he's coming back. And here's the thing. We don't know when it is. Don't wait. You don't know when you're going to take your last breath. Don't wait. Today is the day to say, God, I'm all in with you. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.